What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, man, thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of All Truth No Chaser. You know we got that IG up, All Truth underscore No Chaser. That's All Truth underscore No Chaser. Do me a favor. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, share it with your peoples because wisdom is found in wise counsel. So with that being said, let's get into it. Oh man, I'm so happy for today. Today is going to be great. I have an awesome guest. And uh, somebody that I admire, I look up to, and we're in a barbershop, man. We are in probably the most expensivest barbershop in America, right? But today we're going to talk about the power of mentorship. And mentorship is critical because no matter where you want to go in life, if you've never gotten there before, if you haven't done it before, or if somebody else has done it, you need to... You need to have somebody that can coach you along the way. You got to have somebody who can assist you with certain circumstances, certain situations, because there's no point in falling in potholes that somebody that already fell into and got out of if they can help you avoid it. And we do that with our kids, right? When we have our kids and whatever they're dealing with, we try to tell them, hey, you know, watch out for that. Or better yet, for grades, because that's kind of where I am right now in life with my kids, like the importance of grades, how what you do in high school, what you do in college, your academic performance is what's going to catapult you to the next stage of life, unless you just want to go into the military. But, uh, you know, anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But I want to talk about mentorship. And I also want to draw a distinction between when you have a mentor and when you're being coached. When you have a coach, that's somebody that you're paying for their services. And they're not, the coach isn't with you unless you're paying for the services for an extended period of time. They're only with you for four months, six months, maybe a year, and then that's it. But when you have, and they're only focused on something uh, very specific. You know, maybe you have bad personnel management and they're going to help you with that. Or maybe you don't, um, you don't, you don't advocate for yourself enough. They're going to help you with that. But when you got a mentor, a mentor is, is what you need when you're already playing in the game. You've already established yourself in the game of whatever you're doing. And that mentor is going to be there to assist you with big picture views, big picture goals. That's what a mentor can help you with. And so today I got my close friend, John Brown, but everybody called him Joe Black because of the Joe Black barbershop because it's not a haircut. It's a Joe Black. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me. And I, I appreciate you. Uh, I had called him. I said, hey, man, I want you to be on my podcast. He's like, anything for Larry. Anything for Larry, <laughs> man. That's my boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so let's start on um, your mentorship and what that journey looked like. Uh, from how did how did you go from just being a barber? Well, you know what? Let's just think something here because your viewpoint on barbership is a career. Ninety yeah. percent of barbers is the hustle. Yeah, and you don't you you operate with a hustler spirit because you got to go get it, but that's not how you run your business. Yeah, is that is that fair? That's 
That's right. That's that's accurate. Yeah. So how do how do we arrive there? Well, first of all, uh, I grew to love barbering. So it's a difference when you just cutting hair and you love to cut hair. Mm. You put more passion in it. You are mindful of things that you do, and you are prideful with the services that you provide with your client. So it's not about me just cutting hair. It's about how I make that client feel mm. while I'm providing that service for them. And when I'm, after I'm finished providing that service for them, how they feel once they leave the barbershop. Feel like a million bucks every no. time you get out the chair, boy. It's so pretty, so pretty. <laughs> yeah, doggy. You get. I mean, I, out of every barbershop <clears throat> that I've been to in my forty-three years, it was the very first time where I got out of a chair and I didn't have to go home to <laughs> to, to fix it up, right? <laughs> you know, let me. You know, you're just happy that you got a nice haircut and you kind of settle with, you know, I can do these touch-ups myself when I get to the crib, and you pay your twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. You. Ain't no haircut at Joe Black twenty at Joe Black twenty dollars. No, but that's you know I mean it's a true distinction of like you get what you pay for. Yeah, and I would say for men, especially for black men, the standard has always been like twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars. You give a tip, and you just accept that, and you keep it moving. The environment. The environment here versus the environment at any other barbershop is totally different. Yeah. You're, you don't have, you're not playing the baby. You're yeah. not playing Tupac. Yeah. You're not, you're not doing any of that. Your environment is truly safe for kids. Uh, and when I say safe for kids, I also mean by like, you can have the bishop and you can have a drug dealer both in here, both different environments, but they're going to get the same experience. And that environment is going to feel safe for both people, even if they bring their kids in. Yeah, it's it's a professional setting, and I don't think uh, to to say a professional setting in a barbershop, they don't always coincide together. No, because the stigma of barbershops is you got to go in there, and this is this is the club, the club for the for the men, mm. and. My experiences with that, because I've been in all types of barbershops. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been in the Corn Barbershop and I've been in the Rowdy Barbershop. Mm. And I've observed and I've watched and I've got some comments from, from, from different clients. The majority of the clients, they didn't want that. They didn't want the rowdiness. But they followed their barber. That's or right. they got a good haircut from that barber, and that barber just so happened to be in that type of barbershop where they didn't want to go because they'll come get their haircut, but they'll bring their kid at another barbershop to get their haircut. That's right. That's you know, right. So I was like, wait, hold up. Now we got to fix that mm. because to me, the man wants to bring his son to the barbershop and get his haircut. He wants him to watch him get his haircut at the same time and then have his son experience that. But when he get older, he understand, okay, well, this is how I groom myself. This is the place to go to get groomed. And you can be safe here. Mm. So I said, I have to change that environment. So when I first managed the shop, the barbers did not like that change at all. It was too calm. Right. But all the clients 
love this, love that. So I was like, okay, so I got to ask myself, what is this about? Is it about the clients or is it about the barbers? Because if we don't get no clients coming in here, the barber's not going to come in here either to get, you know, right, to right. serve them. So I had to be firm in creating that environment. Mm-hmm. Now, did I lose barbers? Yes. Brother, you still have a hard time. Yes. They come yes, in, to this day. They come in, they last, <laughs> they last a couple months. And then to, this, to this day. Because, because a, lot of, a lot of barbers, they, they don't want structure. They come into the industry as I'm my own boss. I do what I want to. I come when I want. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. In actuality, you're not your own boss. And when I say you're not your own boss, it's because if that client don't come in that door and pay you no money, you don't get paid. Mm. So who are you bossing? Mm. You're not, you're not your own boss. My client is my boss. My client tells me what he want. He make that appointment and say when he won't come in. Yeah. And he paid for that service. Especially in the beauty of it, right? You had mentioned about like you love barbering. And I know a lot of people who love something, but they don't attach the passion to it. Because you can love something if you don't put the passion to it. And the passion is doing the research, trying to get better, wanting to stay a student, never feeling like you got to figure it out. No matter how good you get at it, you could be better. Absolutely. And when you have that type of knowledge attached to the love, then you say, how do I quantify this? Yeah. And then when we say, how do I quantify it? How do I quantify it to a point to where I can maximize it? And the customer feels obligated and honored to pay it. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit in the chair in this shop, you're paying for the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you're paying for knowing that when I get out this chair, not, not a follicle <laughs> go be. And we don't even always know what that looks like, right? right? We don't even know what it feels like. Like when a female goes, when a woman goes to a beauty salon, my mom get come out of there, she like to wave her hair and she feels so pretty, but we don't typically operate and feel like that. Right. You know, we don't even move to that beat. Mm-hmm. I ain't never felt like that till I started coming here. And right. that's why when people, when you look at a woman, you say, man, I can't believe you're paying all that money. But they're paying all that money because that person makes them feel a certain type of way. And they love how they feel when they right. leave that space. Right. Right. And from a barber, that's investing in that client. A lot of barbers or haircutters, it's a difference between a barber and a haircutter. Yeah. Now we can get to that later. Like I cut my hair, or my man's cut my hair in a bathroom, in a garage. That person, like if I'm doing it myself, I don't have that skill and talent. Mm-hmm. I can have you look decent for the funeral. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look, if you want to look great for the wedding, you're not gonna cut me. <laughs> right, and and even if even if you have a a, a barber in a barber shop, they can be considered a hair cutter mm. because they don't they don't take pride in what they do. They they just cutting hair. 
They're not worrying about the customer service. They're not worrying about how their client feel, if their client's satisfied. They're, okay, well. Next. That's, yeah. You yeah. know, and just popping the cape every 20, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however you may want, mm-hmm. you know, that time to, to run with a client. But when you're a barber, you, 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 it's, a, it's a different view from a client's head. It's a different view from, from that client as well, because that client might say, well, you know, I like that. Yeah. But that barber's eye from that haircut might say, well, I can put a little more detail in that haircut. Now, did you arrive to the, under, like, your journey to reaching this understanding, was that because of a mentor? No, that, that's, that became from repetition. That became from me constantly wanting to grow. Me constantly wanting to say, well, I can do better on that haircut. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody else saw it look nice, I feel like I can always do better. And so, all right, so you're already self-motivated. Mm-hmm. You're already extremely passionate. You're critiquing everybody's head around you. Yeah. And how, that's to make how, everybody better. To make everybody better. So yeah. how do you go from, clearly I'm nice now. How did, how did you go from that to, man, I, I, I think I need a mentor? Well, when you feel like you, you to a point and you feel like you capped out and you've done all the classes, you've listened to certain people, you've watched certain videos, you've read certain books, you're like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. I'm implementing all this that... Yeah. I'm listening to and I'm seeing, I say, okay, well, I still feel like I can get to another level. So you go to searching for a mentor. And when you search for a mentor, you look for somebody that in your profession, that's doing what you're doing and doing it at a level, not the next level, but three, four times your level to where you say, okay, well, this is something that I can reach. Mm-hmm. This is something I can, you can strive for. Yeah, I can make sure that if I, if I follow this mentorship, because I'm pretty sure if they're at this level, they've done the things that I've done and then some. And then some, yeah. And they've made mistakes that I haven't made yet that I know that I'm a, I'll probably make. And they, if they can tell me something to have me avoid from making that mistake hey why not but searching for a mentor is not just looking for somebody that's that they gotta be where you want to be they gotta be that same type of person that that you are and you want to strive to be Mm. because they do have people that you all don't click you know and then sometimes it ain't about clicking it's about getting the information but I want to be with somebody that I want to click with. I think that's that makes important. me, yeah, right. Because if you don't, and like you said, now when before your mentor, you did you seek that mentor out? I did not seek that mentor out. That mentor, if somebody came to me because oh. we was in uh, this. Well, what's the name of this? This uh, it was an app where you go in any different rooms. Oh, like a shade, uh, a clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, I got, uh, I got my mentor off clubhouse. 
how you do that, bro? Like, what? Pause. And that was, I, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, so I'm going to bring you to that point. We was, we, I was in a room. It was, it was a barbering and, and, and uh, stylish room. And they were talking. Was this the night when I was like, oh, when I called you? And I was like, they talking about the uh, units. And I was like, I know somebody who do units. And I had called you. And, uh-huh. said, and I got that. on there. Yeah. But that, that wasn't that day. Okay. That wasn't that day. So when I got in this room, and, I was, and it was a bunch of stylists and a bunch of barbers. Mm. And they were, you know, you have everybody on stage and they ask you, do you want to come up on stage? You can raise right. your hand. Right. Things like that. So, uh, and then as you talking, everybody's looking at your profile. They looking you up. Right. They're looking at your, yeah. right. Trying to see who, you know, who, who, what you are, who what you? your credentials are. Right. Yeah. Who are you? You know, so, uh, I'm in this room and I'm listening to how they scale in a business from here to here mm-hmm. and from here to here. Mm-hmm. And then they had this, uh, this lady, uh, her name is Angel Robinson. And, um, but your mentor is a woman. She's a woman, bro. That's that's crazy too. Because a lot of men, I don't even married men have a hard time submitting themselves to their wives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't went out here, and yes, fellas, you heard it right. If a man can submit himself to his wife, his wife can then in turn submit way deeper than we ever will be able to yeah. to create more for you. So yeah. yes, and submitting to submitting to your wife does not mean like she running over you. It just means you are keeping her lock and step with you, letting her know that it's safe here. Yeah. That, that's all that means. Yeah. And so for you having a mentor as a woman, that means you're willing to allow this lady give you guidance yeah. on how you yeah. need to run your business. Yeah, communication and understanding. That's you know, nuts. Because when she seeked me out, When I was talking, they was looking at my profile. Mm. And she didn't tell me that she wanted to be my mentor while I was talking on stage. She DM'd me. Mm. And um, she said, I'm looking at your profile. And she said, you got everything going on, but you missing something. She said, I want to mentor you. I was like, wow. And that's different because most people probably go to your profile and say, oh, he's doing so great. Look at his videos and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She looking at your stuff like, yo, I see gaps here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she that see, can, it has to be exciting. Yeah, she see gaps. And also from my conversation, I was telling her about how I've came from managing a barbershop to actually owning my barbershop. Mm-hmm. So in that process, you still don't get the full picture of ownership and, and business mm-hmm. savvy because I went from just being a barber to managing a barber, barber shop. And that was because they saw the passion that I had in it and how I made different changes to make everybody better, better at what they was doing. So when we, we got off the phone out, out the club room, she, uh, we set up a schedule and, um, I got on a Zoom call and um, she said, I want you to be honest with me. And she said, I want you to just lay everything on the line. She, she wants said, you to um, submit. Yeah. 
Because submit is a beautiful yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at first I was like, who are okay. you? <laughs> you know, at first I was like, mm, okay. I mean, I'm willing. But you know, sometimes you be like, you willing to a certain extent. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to pump your me. brakes on certain things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, she said, well, first of all, uh, she asked me, do I do boot rent or I do commission? I told her I do boot rent at, the point, at that time. And um, she said, okay. She said, you know your numbers. And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know my number. She said, do you know the amount of money that's coming to your barbershop? Oh. I said, oh, yeah. So she said, uh, okay, well, tell me how much money all those barbers made that's in your barbershop. I said, I can't tell you that because mm. I don't know. But she said, you don't know the numbers of your business. Ooh. So I was like, wow. And you probably got there because it's, it's a shift, right? Because yeah, normally, definitely. normally in your profession, people pay a booth rent. Right. And so to think about how much money the barber actually touched is not something that you're thinking about. No. Never never really thought about never it. Never really thought about it. Yeah. All you're thinking about is collecting that booth rent at the end of the day. Yeah. Or at the end of the week. But. You made $1,000. You owe me $10. Yeah. You know, but, $10 for the booth. But you don't know how much they made. Yeah. You know, so when I told her no, she was like, okay, I'm about to give you some homework. Mm. So uh, she said, I want you to write down all your expenses from your clothes, from your your rent, your insurance. Your, everything. Everything. Yeah. Write it all down and then tell me that number and tell me how much money you need. When I calculated them numbers, I said, I'm stupid. When you look, when you're looking at it like, yeah, from a different lens. When I said, I'm stupid. Yeah. I said, I am keeping the doors open to my business. And not able with to my scale. Money. Yeah, I understand. Not able to see anything else. So when it's time for me to produce numbers of how much money the business is making, I couldn't do that. And that's probably why a lot of barbershops fail. Yes. They be yes. open for five to ten years and then they yes. gone. Are they in certain neighborhoods, certain communities? Yes. Where they're paying somebody else money to stay in that center. And then if that person raises it, you just said they You can't do nothing. Can't do nothing. Because you you can't make no more money unless you cut more hair, then you you know, mm-hmm. you just you just burn yourself out. So when she told me that, I was like, I feel stupid. And she was like, No, don't feel like that because you're not the only one. Say we all been there before. So she said. You're supposed to know your numbers from every client that walk in that door. Even if you're not getting that money, you're supposed to know those numbers that's walking through that door. Because at the end of the day, they're coming to Joe Black Barbershop. 
what you're doing to promote your business, you're paying for advertisement. You pay you the things you're doing in community, the things you posting on social media or sponsoring for social media, the other things that you're paying for, for for advertising to get people to come into that door. Where are you getting that money from? Where are you getting that back? You said paying for advertisement. So just now, when she came into your life, was this before or after the NFL? This was after the NFL. She came into your life. Then the NFL. No. She came Before, after. After. Yeah, she came after the NFL. Okay, so this advertisement thing is so crazy because yeah, the way you present your business, you did it so quietly, yet so loudly that the NFL come knocking on your door. Yeah. So what happened with the NFL, one of my clients, uh, again, it takes a community. And <laughs> it's so when, humble. <laughs> <laughs> when you when and and that's all about then how you treat people too, how you give people ex- experience in, in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. It's not just hustling people. You know, you have a conversation with people, you start to understand, you're starting to learn what people do. Mm-hmm. You start to learn how people can help you and how you can help people. You know, and sometimes if you treat people right, people will open themselves to you to want to help you. Mm-hmm. So one of my clients, a good friend of mine, man, he uh, he said, uh, this was before I had my website. He said, I, I want to create a website for you. I was like, really? Because at first, I, we were just on, on social media when yeah. social media just started, you know, mm-hmm. just started popping. Um, and you know, nobody wasn't doing a website. They were just doing social media. Yeah. So he said, this is going to be a professional look for you. So I was like, for sure. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And when he uh shout out to Tim. Tim, you the man. <laughs> and um so when he made the website, he said, I'm gonna put all these services that you do. And this had this was this had to be like in I wanna say two thousand two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay. When he made when he made the website, so I mean, and that and still we we going we we as I'm advertising. Not only am I advertising on the website now, I did door to door, the the mailings going to different doors. I even took flyers in a backpack. And went to every door like I was the mailman. Wow. And put flyers in people's doors. And if they were standing outside, putting them in their hand. Now listen, for people that listen, if you are a barber, please don't do that today in 2023. Uh I guess you could. Just be nice about it. Well, <laughs> nice I've I've, it. I've had I've had some people that, <laughs> that threw my flyer on the ground as soon as I gave it to them. Yeah. I'm like, like the hustle man, yeah. right? I'm like, man, I, I mean, I appreciate you if you just tell me you don't want it, but don't don't throw it on the ground. I pay for that. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if you don't want it, I, I understand, but you know, yeah. if you got a barber, you know, I, I'm just, you know, showing you and telling you that, that, that my business. Because that relationship is, is so toxic. The barber, the barber-customer relationship, because that's what, when, how I met you, mm-hmm. I needed a divorce from my barber, mm-hmm. and I kid you not, I kid you not, I walk into Joe Black Barbershop with you gotta always have an appointment. 
it just so happened that the man himself had an opening. I got to sit in your chair and I start to share with you how I'm in this abusive relationship with my barber <laughs> and I would like a divorce, but I, I haven't figured out how to go about it. And I kid you not, he called me twice while I was in the chair. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is him calling me. <laughs> but see, I, but see and, and I always tell barbers this all the time. Everybody's always looking for a barber, even if you have a barber. Even if you have one, that's right. Because sometimes you might be looking for a backup, and sometimes mm-hmm. you might be trying to get out of an abusive relationship with your <laughs> barber. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's you know, sometimes people are to their breaking point, you know, to where I'm looking for another barber. And it could be yeah. for various reasons. Well, that, that abusive relationship, and just to explain what that means, I would have an appointment at 11. Mm-hmm. He he, not ready till I'm sitting in there for an hour, two hours. Mm-hmm. I would get in the chair. Instead of he spend more time talking to everybody than he do cut my own hair. He would smell like weed. I'm not coming. I don't want your your weed smell residual. Mm-hmm. I don't desire that. Uh, he, he really loved Gangsta Nip. And I'm like, bro, like of all the music choices, I just don't want that energy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want that energy at all. I'm older now. Like, that's mm-hmm. just... And then like some of the conversations were just not conversations that I just, that just ain't my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and we the same age. And I'm like, bro, why are you still 20? Yeah. But at, but at some point, as, as we get older, we change for as type of environments and the things mm-hmm. we want to be around. So when we're younger, okay, yeah, we don't mind going into those type of barbershops, you know, because, you know, I mean, we're young, but as we get older, we start having kids. We want that environment to Perspective change. Perspective change. We want it to be calming. Right. So back to where I was saying how. NFL. Yeah, the NFL. So they came about, and uh, at first I thought somebody was pranking me. This is when they did the Super Bowl here? This is when they did the Super Bowl in 2017. Okay. Um, I thought they was pranking me. They sent me an email. You know, sometimes you check your email, you got so many emails. Right, it's like, it's uh, NFL, this and that. I'm like, what? So they was like, uh, we interested in your services. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, uh, I'm reading it, and they were saying, okay, well, we got this uh, event that we have for all the, the football players and the ex-football players where, you know, we kind of cater to them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So they say, when you have time to give us a call in the email. So I called them and um, I asked them, the first thing I want to know, how this, did you hear about us? Right. You know, so Is they this was real? Like, yeah. <laughs> so because I didn't respond to them right away. Right. I waited about a week before I actually called them back. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, um, you know, uh, I said, how did you hear about us? And it's like, well, we saw your, uh, we saw your website. Boom. And I was like, wow. Boom. Man. Yeah. Look how Tim set me up for that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But again, if he wouldn't have did that, they wouldn't have recognized me. They say, they say because I stood out because I had a website. Mm-hmm. I was one of the only barbershops that had a website. Mm-hmm. So they say, okay, well, we're going to be cutting this amount of people. We're going to have this amount of people at the event. Uh, you're not going to be cutting all these heads, but we need enough, we need uh, a enough few barbers. barbers to make sure that we're able to give them haircuts. Mm-hmm. And um, they told me to 
submit them uh, an invoice and put in detail what are we going to be doing for that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, first time submitting the invoice. <laughs> you know, but I was able to do it because now I have, a, I have my website. I have um, my logo trademark, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like, you got your ducks in order. I got all my ducks in order. Yeah. So again, when they told me that they saw all that, and that's what made me stand out, you know, amongst all the other barbershops that they, because uh, you were yeah. you were clearly a professional. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. I had a, a shout out to Tweaky Bird. Uh, she is a casting director. She did like all the Jodeci, everybody. She's she's amazing, and. I had a conversation with her via social media, and she was like, "Well, all this is great. Where your website at?" Mm. And I was like, "What? Well, that... No, that's not what she said. She said, "Have you bought your name?" And I'm like, "What you mean? My name, my name. What I gotta go buy it for?" But she was speaking in regards to the website mm -hmm. because in my business, you can have a name, but if if it ain't yours, anybody can can go get it. Mm -hmm. You know, if Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington don't own his dot com. <laughs> People yeah. will type his name in. It don't go to him, mm -hmm. you know. And so, it, what I'm getting at, and what you're saying, is that if you're going to have a business and you want to be a professional, at least have some bare minimums. Yeah, <laughs> have some absolute bare minimums. You need yeah. you need that. You mm -hmm. need that if you want to get these professional gigs, mm -hmm. you know. But nowadays, it's like you got so many likes and so many followers and all Instagram this type of stuff. and all that kind of whatnot. Yeah, but when when I when I submit the invoice, they told me they said, "Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna reach out to a couple of more barbershops, and then we're gonna compare, and then we're gonna get back with you." Know. So I said, "Okay, no problem." So I submitted the invoice, and um, they said, "We want to meet you at the venue hmm. to have an interview conversation." <clears throat> conversation. <clears throat> okay, so fine. So <clears throat> they they contact me. To meet them at the at the uh, venue, and um, I went to the venue with my uniform on. Oh, your Joe Black stuff. My Joe Black yeah. uniform on. Every every. This brother got I'm like, everything. It's, got it's Joe like, Black. It's like Frank Sasso's. I put this on <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and when I met them, the first thing they told me was. Okay, we're gonna walk you through the venue. We're gonna walk you through the venue, right? So they they walk they we walk through the venue, and I was telling them, you know, what all they say. Okay, well, you know, what you gonna provide? So I was telling them uh, we're gonna provide professionalism. We're gonna make sure that all the uh, the players that we serve is gonna be relaxed. They're gonna uh, we're gonna give them top notch service. Mm -hmm. So they said, um, okay. So they say from your appearance, you came here on, you came here before time. Because mm -hmm. on time, in my world, if you're yeah. on time, you're late. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So, and it was like, you are our God. Wow. So I was like, wow. And this was before we even finished the tour. So. This like, brother got wow. a uniform on. He I early. Can't... Yeah. He ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. 
This so, is what I do, clearly. Yes. So it was time to go, right? So, and I'm like, okay, I had another uh, friend of mine. He was a uh, part of the, uh, the NFL uh, behind the scenes. So he had these NFL lapel pins, right? Mm -hmm. So when I went in, I told him uh, how we was going to be dressed. I said we was going to have on blue jeans, white long sleeve shirt, red, white, red, red, white, and blue tie, and we had our vests on. Mm -hmm. And we was going to have the NFL lapel pin. That was our uniform. Mm -hmm. So, get there. Now, mind you, I'm thinking this is the NFL event. Mm -hmm. This is the NFL PA event. Oh, boy. It's a difference. Yeah. The NFL PA is for the players. Mm -hmm. So, when we Play went PA mean players association. Players association, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we went in there with the lapel pins on, right? That guy told me, hey, y'all better take them off. <laughs> <laughs> this this has true. nothing to do with the NFL. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so took them off. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we still was in uniform with the uh, the vests on, with the, with the ties. Still looking and the, clean. Yeah, still yeah. looking clean. So our service was, we're going to give them a haircut. We're going to give them a hot towel shave. I did bring... A, a, a towel warmer with us mm -hmm. to make sure that all the uh, Towels people, warm. yeah, all yep. they were warm. So we, I brought, they had chairs uh, for us, the, uh, the barber chairs where they can recline and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went in, it was, it was uh, me, uh, Terrence, and, and my son, because my son is a barber here in a barber shop as well. So we get there, we're doing a service. Not, not only did they have barbering services, they had uh, they were getting massages. They were getting uh, manicures. Everything. They were getting everything. They mm -hmm. laid it out for these people. Yeah. And I was like, uh, man, this is awesome. So we're doing the services. And at the end of it, the, the director came over and he said, he said, man, you all were the top service here. Everybody was talking about y'all. Wow. He said, if I can bring y'all to every city where we go to that'll be awesome but we can't do that <laughs> can't do it yeah. yeah he said but i'm gonna keep your number man and that's I was amazing like, wow so being professional and having that professional profile and mindset set, yeah and mindset that sets you apart from everybody else and rather you know it or not people are watching mm -hmm. they, they're watching when you think they're not watching so my mindset is to always be professional no matter what. And so you go you, with that mindset. You have your mentor. The mentor goes to your website. The mentor is able to pinpoint some gaps. The mentor, she shows you like how you are unaware of the amount of money that's actually coming into your shop. Mm -hmm. Through your relationship, how did that change your business? It changed my business tremendously. It gave me a wake-up call. It gave me that aha moment. Mm -hmm. So she said, well, the best thing for you to do is commission. Commission don't mean you're going to shortchange the barber. Commission means that you're taking some of that money from everything that's coming in your business and you investing it to your business. 
Yeah. Instead of you coming out of your pocket to invest in your business. Your business is invested in your business. So when she told me that, I was like, okay, so the barbers now are going to be getting paid weekly because now everything has to be on paper now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So looking at the numbers, so she was like, okay, well, if you do this, this, and this, now don't be alarmed if people give you backlash about this. Because a lot of people don't understand <laughs> right. that. Right. Because commission <clears throat> commission barbering ain't a thing. No. You get commission in car sales. You get commission. And yeah. if you sell clothes, you get commission. You get commission if you buy a house. But mm -hmm. barbering is a cash business. It used to be. Well, well yeah. Well, credit card, yeah. Zelle, Venmo. Yeah. But that yeah. aspect of cash business. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people get the misconception of, a commission is the owner taking a lot of the barber's money. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, it's not. The barb that's the that's if you go into you get a boot at a at a at a at a uh, a swamp meet or something. Sometimes you can pay for that rent, and sometimes you give them a percentage. Mm -hmm. So a percentage of nothing is nothing. Right. Compared to if you're paying boot rent, if you're not making any money, you, you still, still gotta have pay to that pay that's that right. boot rent. And when you're paying boot rent, you're responsible for all your advertising. You're responsible for everything. The only thing a owner provides for you is space, the lighting and the space. So, and the way I ran my barbershop, I didn't want it like that. Even though before I had the mentor, I was doing boot rent, we still had to be on one accord. Mm -hmm. We still had to be like-minded people. Every, you say y'all have meetings and stuff. We have meetings. Y'all have meetings month. like yes. <laughs> Fortune 500. We got yeah. Because we have to be on the same page. We have to we have to get where people are coming from. Because sometimes you come in and, and you'll be this, this way, and then when you get in the environment, you look at things different. Mm -hmm. So I got to look, I got to see your perspective and I got to see your growth as well and, and what you're doing, what you're bringing to the table and what we're doing to help you as well. Because mm -hmm. it's a two-way street. You know, you uh, helping me, I'm helping you. At the same time, we're growing together. But when you're getting a commission, and this is how I'm running my commission, I'm providing everything for you. I'm advertising for you. I, I have tower services for you uh everything you need it's i'm providing for you so the only thing you're doing is giving it is is giving a percentage of what you make and some people are like man i won't give you no percentage of what i'm making but in in reality do you understand when you're paying boot rent you give a percentage of the money you making mm -hmm. that's a percentage of the money you making regardless of how much Boot rent that is. That's mm -hmm. a percentage of the money that you make. That's expected, regardless. Yeah, that's what you're gonna get. You got to give that mm -hmm. at the end of the week, no matter what you make. Mm -hmm. So sometimes and you can be upside could, down. You can be upside. If you ain't get enough customers, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, and 
when it when I when I collect the the, uh, the percentage, is to me it's it's they see what I'm doing. I I gift my barbers. Uh, I invest back into the shop. I'm making sure that whatever they need, they have. Even if it's products, even if it's you might uh, need, you might be your clipper might break. And I'd be like, okay, well, if you need that clipper and you don't have the money, I'll buy the clipper for you. So did you, it sounds like, it sounds like you knew you needed a mentor, you got a mentor, but you, you yourself have always been, okay, well, you can clean up the always part because I try to stay away from, uh, what's the word where you use indefinite, mm -hmm. right? But I would say for the most part of your career, mm -hmm. have you always been in some, you yourself being the mentor for other people? Uh, or do you see yourself as a mentor for other people? Well, people see me as a mentor on how I run my business and how I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always trying to pull into people. If you're around me, I'm going to pull into you. I mean, that's what you did for me, man. Like, I know I, when we would have the conversations in your chair, it made me think about my career. And mm -hmm. what am I not doing? What could I be doing better in my mm -hmm. career? Especially, you know, being in entertainment, you know, it's it's all about do you do you like me? <laughs> do you, mm -hmm. Will you accept me? Pick me? That type of thing. Mm -hmm. But to transition from that energy to creating what is my brand and what is my product and how do I ensure my product? is what I'm happy about, what I'm proud of, what I'm growing. Like, it, instead of making it outwardly, I took that energy and made it inward. Mm -hmm. So if I'm giving you a product, I'm giving you a product that I'm personally proud of, that I'm personally, I, I got that's just from sitting in your chair. But that's, but that's what you're giving that person. You're giving them you. Mm -hmm. especially in the service industry. You're giving that person you. You have to sell yourself to that person. And I tell people all the time, the last thing you have to do is cut that person hair. Yeah. That's the last thing you have to do. They be like, man, you tripping. I was like, okay, if you don't make that customer, the, the minute that customer walk through that door, if you don't give them a welcoming I'm happy you here. <laughs> yes. Right. I make them feel like you want to service them. If you don't have conversation with them, you have eye contact with them to make them want to conversate with you. Mm -hmm. You're going to give them a, a awkward feeling and they may turn right back out that door. Right. You know, so uh, even if they may say, OK, well, I can get you, but I can't get you today. They may they may walk out that door. It may not come back. They may find another barbershop that they're satisfied with. Mm -hmm. And they may not come back. So you never had a chance to cut that person here. Mm. So you have to make sure that you are giving them people at least a comforting vibe to make them want to come to you and have you provide the haircutting service to them. And when I say haircutting service, because it's not just a haircut. It's a Joe Black. It's a Joe Black. <laughs> and that Joe Black is a, is a service. It's not just a haircut. It's a service. And that servicing is including the
the environment that we provide, the 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 type of of of, of comfortable chairs that we provide for clients. Because yeah. sometimes you go in the barbershop and that chair ain't working. It ain't it. That chair be it wobbling. It. You, you it ain't it. The barber, you got a barbershop and you got stylish chairs in there. But with the people that come to see you, I know you have people from all over the country mm-hmm. coming to see you. Do do you end up becoming their mentor, or maybe you're? I guess from your seat. Your men, your version of mentorship, which is probably by example. Yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily, and if they, and it's not as if you're not available. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah. So for you, it's kind of, and it might be the people that also are trying to come up. They haven't necessarily got to a place to where they're in a. Most of those individuals, you could probably provide them coaching, but that's not something you got time to do anyway. No, I mean. To me, again, I I just go off, and I was always told by my mom, she said, do it right, but don't do it at all. Mm. So my whole thing in, in life is to always try to do it right. And, all, when, and when you're always trying to do it right, you're going to always try to find something that you can do better. Is that how you went about getting your own day in the city? How does a barber get their own day in the city? Because you're not a rapper, bro. Uh, you're a rapper with the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> you're a rapper with the Clippers. But how does a barber get their own day? Like, Well, my, my own day, it was very unexpected. I had no idea that this was coming. Mm. And that's why... I, and I go back to the conversation we had earlier when I say you never know who's watching you. People always watching you. So how I started, I got the uh, Joe Black Barbershop Day in the city of Houston, which is September the 6th. It was from community service. Mm-hmm. And I started this from when we first came here with Hurricane Katrina in 2005. And... Uh, Houston really, they embraced my family. They showed us so much love to where I was like, I gotta give back to to the city of Houston. How do I give back? So I was like, let's give back to the kids. Mm -hmm. The kids are the future. You know, so I was like, what we gonna do is we gonna give up, let's do 50 backpacks. We're gonna stuff 50 backpacks with school supplies and we're gonna have little food, little little drinks and Mm -hmm. snacks for them. when I started doing that, the news media came out. Wow. And I was like, I want to know how did they find that out? But mm-hmm. again, in a barbershop, you never know who's who. Right. Uh, a news reporter just so happened to, to be coming into the barbershop and getting their hair cut. And uh, we was in conversation. And... Um, it was like, oh, you doing that? Oh, man, when you doing that, we gonna we gonna come out and we do a, a story out. for you. Yeah. We're gonna come out and do a story. He said, man, this is awesome, man. So that 50 backpacks, once that was over with, we saw the expression on the kids' face, the the gratitude from the parents. It was like, man, it was like it was a thing to where I can't stop doing this. 
Yeah. So that 50 became to 100, to 150, to 200. So now it's, it's 200 backpacks. But it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And every year we started getting more news media, news uh, coverage. So mm-hmm. uh, one day I had a client and he told me, he said, um, we got to go to City Hall. I said, go to City Hall. <laughs> Wait, he just say, hey, hey, cut. We got to run to City Hall real quick. You you ready to go? Yeah. He <laughs> said, <laughs> we got to go to City Hall and, and meet the mayor. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm thinking I'm going to City Hall just to meet the mayor. Now, was you off that day? I was not off that day. <laughs> I took a break. You took you took off because we got to go to City Hall. To go to City Hall. <laughs> like, to meet the clearly, mayor. this is serious. Yes. Yeah. So we go to we go to City Hall, and um, we go up the elevator, and we go, I forget what floor is on, and we're in this room. And uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner came in, in the room. Mm-hmm. So when he came in the room, he was like, man, congratulations, you know, uh, you know, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I've been hearing good things about you, and this and that, he said, um, and then this, his secretary came out with an envelope. Right. And she came out there, and he said, um, we want to present you with this proclamation of Joe Black Barbershop being the city of Houston. I was like, what? <laughs> no <laughs> idea why you did. No idea, man. Yeah. But could have gave you a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, that was. Was your wife with you? My wife was with me. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. My wife was with me. Good. So, so I was like, uh, I was speechless, man. I believe. I it. was like, man, me. A day in Houston? Come on, man. As a barber. As a barber? i like, come on, man. But giving back to the community was something that I had a passion about doing. I always, you know, wanted to do that because when I opened up a barbershop, I'm not just coming into the community. I want to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. So that really transferred me to be like, this is what I want to do all the time. And when I got that day, I was like, what I'm going to do with this day? <laughs> what I'm going to do with this? You know what what I'm doing? Do, 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 I, do I take off? <laughs> do I have a party? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what, yeah. what do I do? You know, so I, I started feeling like it was an obligation for me to continue on doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why even when I came here in Paraland, I transferred that to this is what I'm going to continue on doing. You know, and the city of Paraland, they, you know, they accepted us as well. And I even met the mayor uh, of, Par- of the city of Paraland. So, and he came out to our back to school event as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it was more of, man, being in the community is totally different from being a part of the community. For sure. So that's where I feel like I'm obligated to continue on doing that. And not being obligated, but because this is, this is what I want to do. You know, and there's no funding coming from anywhere else. All the, the proceeds and everything is, is coming from Joe Black Barbershop. Yeah. So... 
my funds, my personal funds, are going to this event, this back to school event. So we got the uh, the spacewalk, the, all the games. The, you had the everything, DJ, barbecue, every, yeah. you had all the supplies in the yeah. backpacks. Some schools you go to and drop them off yeah. there. You got your mascot that you wear. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I would say, I would say, even though when we talked about the the power of mentorship, like the tools that people should walk away from is that it has nothing to do with how much money you got. It has nothing to do with your status in life. It has everything to do with your character. If you Absolutely. have the right character, if you have the right motivation, if you're doing what you're passionate about and what you love. If you love something, be passionate about it to where you'll always want to be a student. Never think like you got it all. Never feel as though you uh never feel as though you the man. I'm 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 never the man. You know that's and why I, everybody when they come in they be like, man, I won't be like you. I say, no, nah, it'd be better than me. Yeah. You and so I mean? think I think it's just so important, man. You know, we try to give we try to make sure that we always walk away encouraged and motivated and while also being accountable because yes, your story has ebbs and flows, your story has ups and downs. Your story has successes and failures. And through that journey, once you realize that you're like, hey, man, you know, I'm at this space and I feel like I can't break through this wall. You did the right thing by it by happenstance. Right. By happenstance, you were able to find somebody that um, was able to help you break through that ceiling and even ceilings that you're not even thinking about. But in order to do that, you have to be in a place to where. You you are seek you're you're actively being a participant and seeking out more information, yeah. and sometimes we allow our lack of what to do to be the reason why we don't do. Yeah, and that's that's not the way we want to live our lives, fellas. Fellas, we have to always be on the prowl, not making it on the prowl as far as what we want to do, not on the prowl for women, because some of us, okay, but. We all want to always be on the type of, uh, we always want to be on our game to where we want to be better. You know what I mean? We don't, there's no reason why us as a community of men cannot support one another, cannot be there for one another, cannot check each other when it's needed within our relationships, within our communities. I think that is so important. And we're about to close this podcast out, man. Is there anything any tools you could say that you would want somebody to be like, yo, take this tool and put this tool in your tool belt because this tool is always useful no matter whatever I'm going through. Yeah. You got anything? Always treat people how you want to be treated. And always try to do the right thing. And if you're going to do something, do it right, but don't do it at all. Well, with that being said, I'm going to just say, as we always say, if you find yourself trying to help God when he don't need no help, chances are you already lost. Peace. Peace.